what we understand is that in, in, the, in the Middle East, where Jesus the Christ is a present moment nowness and a universal nowness, mm. we don't take Jesus anywhere. Jesus is already everywhere. Yeah. What our obligation is, is to go and call it forth because that reality lives in every particle of sand in the cosmos, in my mm -hmm. belief and in the Semitic belief. Yeah. And so therefore, when we go to the Celtic world, uh, we didn't have to take Jesus. We had to help them understand that Jesus the Christ was already in their consciousness, if, if, if a bit dimly. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing through sunshine and rain. Stressing over everything, losing your brain. Fit back up yourself before you go insane. Levitate on the times that you got the rain. Times are tough, I'm being honest. We can see the light, just remain modest. Uh, can't forget, just a day reminder. Life's a little short, and take off the blinds. Be a little wiser. Live my own future, I'm the pathfinder. CMG is a team with a franchise. Uh, impacted by the worst decisions. Breaking bad habits on the repetition. What you get into now? Gave too many chances to now. In the bad condition, but it's not the ending. Get yourself together, got no time for reminiscing. I just want this all to live life. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project Podcast. My name is Glenn. I'm your host. And this is episode number 130. It's part number four of our series for Christmas, Good News for All People. It is the last episode of season three and the last episode of 2020. Uh, 2020 is nearly over, my friends. We have, we have made it. It has been a long, trying year for a lot of people. Uh, there's been a lot that's happened in the world, obviously with COVID. We had a lot of stuff happen with uh, George Floyd and all the racial reconciliation topics and discussions that came up. Uh, we have had an election. We've had so many things that have happened. And uh, it's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of loss for people. There's been a lot of grief. There's been a lot of tears that have been shed, and uh, I hope and I pray, my prayer for you is that as this year comes to a close and you step out of 2020 and into 2021 uh, next week, my prayer for you is that you can do so with peace, uh, you can do so with confidence, not confidence that 2021 is going to be better it's going to be your year. It's going to be so much better than 2020. But confidence that as you walk into 2021, that you do so not alone. Uh, you have people. You have other listeners of this podcast. In some weird way, we're all united. We don't, we don't know each other, all of us. Uh, we do have different groups of podcast listeners on Facebook and Patreon and things like that. We have a Marco Polo group for some of our Patreon users. But in some way, we're all connected together, and I hope that you can sense that connectedness, that connectedness, through the airwaves, uh, through the uh, through the internet, and uh, that you sense that you're not alone. And more importantly than that, uh, the divine, whatever that is for you, God, Jesus, 
the Christ, Allah, Yahweh, whatever, whatever the, the divine is for you, the spirit uh, is with you. Uh, I tell my daughter every single night before she goes to bed, I tell her that Jesus lives inside of her and is all around her. And so no matter where she goes, no matter what she's dealing with, she will never, ever be alone. And uh, as we go into 2021, that's my prayer for you. Uh, a couple things before we jump in. Uh, number one, Patreon, patreon.com slash whatifproject. The link is in the show notes. It's a place where you can go to support the show financially. So if this has encouraged you or pushed you forward in your faith in some way, shape, or form, uh, it's a place where you can give anywhere from $3 a month up to $20 a month. And there's different tiers in between. Every tier gets a reward. Uh, the Heretic Shop is a place where you can go to buy some some merch. If you want to pick up a hat, a hoodie, a t-shirt, all different sorts of things. There's there's actually sweatpants there now because why not, right? It's winter. It's cold out. There's sweatpants. So head over there, check it out, The Heretic Shop. The link to that will be in the show notes as well. Uh, special music today is from my friend Young Citizen. He's one of my friends at Apple. We work together. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a hip-hop artist, and he's doing really great things with his music. I'm very proud of him, and I'm very honored to know him and have his own voice and encouragement in my life. He's one of the most encouraging people that I know. So head over to Apple Music, uh, Spotify, all the places, download his music, uh, blast it from your speakers, and pass it around to your friends. Uh, With that, this is, like I said, the last episode of 2020. And so next week, we start some new stuff. And uh, I decided to put series on a hold for a while. If you've been following the podcast, you know that I I like to do series. I think that's like the, the pastor in me because I used to pastor a church. And so he would do sermon series all the time. And so I kind of carried that with me into the, the podcast. We would do, I don't know, usually like a series a month or every other month, but I think what I'm going to do is just kind of roll and have some conversations because sometimes series are good, but sometimes I'll record an episode. Like for instance, we did the hell series, right? It was eight weeks, which was great. But there were some, some conversations I saved for November for the end of the hell series when the hell series was over that I really would have liked to have played back in September, but because we were doing the series, I didn't really want to interrupt it. And so sometimes that happens where like I have a really good conversation. I'm like, man, I feel like I should release this one now and not wait. And sometimes a series can kind of just tie my hand a little bit because although I can take a break, uh, we, we can have like an episode in between in the middle of a series, like a random episode. It just kind of messes with the flow of the series. So I think I'm just going to put series on hold for a little while. We might do one or two sometime during the year, but I think just going to roll with some some conversations. So I have some good stuff planned. Uh, I have a lot of recordings coming up in January because I didn't record anything in October. Actually, November and December, I recorded nothing uh, just to kind of give myself a break. So I have a whole bunch of really good stuff lined up in January and uh, a couple in February as well. So look forward to that. I will say no more about who the guests are, but uh, you shall you shall see. We have some repeat guests coming. We have some brand new guests coming, uh, talking about some really important and I think helpful topics. So 
stay tuned for that. But like I said, this is episode number 130. It's the final episode of 2020, my friends. And it's my conversation with Alexander John Shia. Because what Christmas series would be complete without my friend Alexander? Enjoy. The patience paid off, now it's go time. go time The worries all around me, I'ma get mine Born in the Queen City, got the 4-9 Go to Green Trip, told me where the cosign So people doubted me, that's close to me, that's their regret When I make it, I'ma take it, all I do is rest Remain grind, self-care, that's when I'm at my best A little crazy, that's when I'm at a test Feeling tuned Yeah, we riding, yeah, we rolling All the way to the ocean, uh. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we're joined by our wonderful friend, Alexander John Shia. He's coming back for, I think, his fourth time. And uh, what Christmas series would be complete without his beautiful voice? So, Alexander, welcome back to the podcast. It's always a pleasure. Glenn, it's, it's an honor. I I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're welcome. So first, tell our, our listeners uh, what you've been up to. Uh, we're recording this oh. in October, but as of now, we're maybe a couple months away from the release of something special. So fill us in on all the details. Well, th- there's a lot going on. Uh, and first of all, the, there, uh, we're going to talk about Christmas. Yeah, and in November I released uh, in a sort of a PDF format a, a, a working draft of the book I called the Thirteen Days of Christmas, celebrating the wonder and awe of birth. Mm. And and also we are now taking orders for the twentieth anniversary book, which is called Radical Transformation: The Four Gospel Journey of Heart and Mind. Yes. And uh, it's amazing to me that on November the 1st was the 20th anniversary of this uh, new awareness that came to me about how the Gospels form a complete journey. Wow. Uh, And both of those books are available through my website. So if Mm. you go to www.quadratus.com, you'll be able to order both of those books. So it's it's like seeing your baby turn 20. (laughs) <laughs> right. It is. It's just, I can't <laughs> believe, I mean, I've been teaching about the four paths since the yeah. late seventies, wow. but, but this moment happened in the year 2000 where I was, where I was reading a book in Christology by Robin Griffith Jones. Mm-hmm. And suddenly this whole new way of understanding the gospel text came to me and it just seemingly came out of the blue, although it was, Years and years and years of study and reflection and research. And it's uh, hardback, right? Uh, the new copy is hardback, yes. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, beautiful design. Beautiful hardcover. Yeah. Beautiful design, got illustrations. Um, it, it's a large book because we've really set it with larger type and a lot of white space. Uh, so many people have said to me, I have the paperback and it's falling apart. Mm. And this is a book I just keep coming back to. Would you please do it in something that's going to endure through the year? So yeah. here's our response. Awesome. And you reworked, and your, you reworked your website too, right? We did. It's a brand new website. It's gorgeous. If you've seen the old website, forget it. Go to the new website. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited about this website because 
we worked with a, a specialist in, in, on the East Coast who is teaching me about how people are learning today online. Mm. And our lear- our, the way that we learn online has changed. Yes. Um, and my old website was <laughs> developed on what we knew about the brain 10 years ago. Uh, it's a new world. Anyway, yeah. uh, I invite people, go to the website, uh, just tour around it. I think, I think you'll find it both beautiful and informative. Excellent. Well, I will put the link to that in the show notes. And also once the hardback is officially out, I will also update the show notes and put the link to that in there as well. Thanks. Thanks. Well, this episode, uh, as we alluded to, is going to drop uh, during the Christmas season, the Monday after Christmas. And so I wanted to bring you on specifically to talk to us a little bit about the sacredness in the Christian tradition of the time following Christmas Day. because. For me, growing up, like once Christmas Day was over, people were ready to move on. <laughs> Christmas yeah. stuff came down, uh, and I always found it like really depressing because for me, like December twenty sixth meant that it was all over. So I can remember as a kid, like Christmas night, which should be like really, I would think, fun and exciting evening. For me, it was like very depressing because I felt like all the preparation was done, everything's going to go back in the attic, it's over. But you've taught me that that's not necessarily the case in the history of our faith. So. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that time after Christmas. Uh, what's it called? What does it signify? Why is it important? Well, so this is an, an enormous uh, new vista for us to reach for. Yeah. And it is the reason for this book that I'm just finishing, The 13 Days of Christmas, Celebrating mm-hmm. the Wonder and Awe of Birth. Uh, let's step back. Uh, First of all, okay, Christmas is a 13-day festival. Mm. And the festival starts on December the 25th, and it ends on January the 6th. Mm. But where did all of this come from? And I, I, um, if you can just bear with a little piece of history. Bring it. I think it, it's <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we get so theological about these feasts, and yeah. we forget that at core, Christianity is about incarnation. Mm. It's about incarnation is as the human person. It's about the incarnation of the cosmos, and it's the incarnation of the earth. Mm. And so when, when we want to know where a feast comes from, don't go to the theology to start with, go to the earth. Mm. What happens is, as long as Christianity stays in the Mediterranean, uh, which was for a couple of hundred years, mm. we largely followed our Jewish mother's calendar of a moon cycle. Mm. But starting in the fourth century, Christianity began to push north of the Alps. Now, what I'm going to say is we don't have the Feast of Christmas until we go north of the Alps. And there's a very important earth reason that we develop the Feast of Christmas. Mm. Well, what's north of the Alps is the Celtic world. And let's reframe for ourselves and remember that the Celtic world is not just Ireland and the UK. The Celtic world at this point in history goes from what we know today as Ireland all the way to Turkey. Mm but does not come south of the Alps. Now, that whole vast region uh, has got all the, all the uh, particularity of, of cultures and, mm-hmm. and different tribes. 
But when I say the Celtic world, they're bound together by a couple of things. And one is they, the main two symbols of the Celtic world are the sun, the S-U-N, and a sun cycle, a year, which is a sun cycle. And this is really important because when we stayed in the Mediterranean close to our, our mother tradition, Judaism, we kept to a moon cycle. Mm. But as you go north of the Alps, the sun becomes the most important element for the growing year, for the agricultural year. Mm. So the whole Celtic world has a yearly cycle about the sun, the S-U-N. And secondly, they have a yearly cycle about the great tree, which is the axis of the world. And the great tree sends its roots down underneath the earth, which is considered the underworld. It has the, the trunk uh, in this world, and it points to the heavens, which is the upper world. And so the great tree for the Celts and the sun, S-U-N, are the two great symbols around which the whole year revolves. Mm. Okay, here we are. We're, we've got this um, incredible revelation following Jesus the Christ about how all people uh, are born of the same source. Mm. And therefore, we can be brother and not only that we can, we are brother and sister to mm. each other. All right, we go north of the Alps, and that culture can't understand us. Uh, we're bringing a moon cycle to a sun cycle culture. Mm. And, and uh, they are like, this message doesn't make sense to us. And so Christianity does what it does when it's at its very best. And this is one of the absolute best moments of evangelization. Because Christianity said, tell us what you believe. Mm -hmm. And they told us about the S-U-N. And they told us about the great tree. And we said, oh, we know that story. Here's what we know about the same reality that you worship and you revolve around. Mm -hmm. And so what we did is, we said we can change the outer form of our story so to help you understand that what you are celebrating has a deeper reality. Yeah. So you so that the S U N is also in our language the S O N. Mm. And so the core celebration for the Celts, the most important celebration in their year was the winter solstice because that was the moment that they understood the sun is reborn or born mm -hmm. and without the sun being born the whole agricultural cycle will not come to be mm -hmm. and in those days uh, the celts unlike our scientific sense today uh, the celts belief is that they have to do spiritual practice so that the S-U-N will be reborn. Mm. It's not just something we're gonna mark on the calendar and know it's going to happen. So we Christians look at this and we go, ah, 
there are two things here that are so important. First of all, they recognize that at the winter solstice, they must do spiritual practice. So the S-U-N will be reborn. Mm. We recognize, and this is so important for Christianity to remember, we recognize that it is in the deepest dark that the radiance of the new Christ happens over and over again in our lives. Mm that we go into the dark to find the new radiance of Christ. So we take our spiritual reality that at the deepest dark is the new radiance of Christ born and match it to the Celtic reality that on the night of the winter solstice, they are doing spiritual practice so the S-U-N can be reborn. And there we have the creation of the Feast of Christmas because we as Christians needed to translate what we understood about Jesus the Christ from the Mediterranean world into the new culture north of the Alps. What really strikes me about that is that it's like we've, I mean, coming from the, you know, we live in the West and me having been educated in like the evangelical tradition in college, seminary, evangelism classes, like we've lost that piece of evangelism, like just that idea that rather than just go to the Celts and say, you're doing it all wrong. Everything you believe is wrong. This is, this is the right way. It was like, well, let's see what you believe, what we believe and what we can, how we can, like you said, kind of change the, change the form, but keep the story. Because mm. what's so important is because in my way of understanding Christianity and I remember for those people who have not heard me talk before, mm-hmm. I'm first-generation Lebanese. My parents were born in Lebanon and came to this country as children. Mm. Um, but I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was surrounded by my Lebanese family. You could even say the Lebanese clan or the Lebanese tribe. I was totally immersed in the way uh, the life of the Middle East for thousands of years. Mm. And what we understand is that in the the Middle East, where Jesus the Christ is a present moment nowness and a universal nowness, we don't take Jesus anywhere. Jesus is already everywhere. What, What our obligation is, is to go and call it forth because that reality lives in every particle of sand in the cosmos, in my Mm -hmm. belief, and in the Semitic belief. And so therefore, when we go to the Celtic world, uh, we didn't have to take Jesus. We had to help them understand that Jesus the Christ was already in their consciousness, if if a bit dimly. And and the sadness Mm -hmm. is, Glenn, that what we did for the Celtic world Christianity stopped doing. And when we went to the Southern Hemisphere, rather than saying, let us help you find the story of Jesus the Christ in your earth, in your sky, in your water, Mm. we took a theological concept and said, okay, we have this feast day, December the 25th, and you shall celebrate it as the day that Jesus is born, when in Australia, that's the height of summer. Mm. And they totally lost the connection that you go into the dark, the dark is the place of the holy where the new radiance of Christ is born. That's why the feast is on the winter solstice. Because the winter solstice 
nature, the cosmos itself is proclaiming in an incarnational way what we also know as a, uh, as a spiritual truth. But we have disempowered the whole Southern Hemisphere by giving them a theological concept that is not rooted in incarnation. What's it rooted in? It's rooted in, it's rooted in an idea, mm. and the idea has power that Jesus the Christ is born, that Jesus the Christ came, and that Jesus the Christ is continuing to come. But it's not an incarnational idea for them. Yeah. Because, yeah. because they're in the middle of summer. And, and, and if, if there's a message that all of us need right now, we need to know if this is a dark time, and I truly believe that we are living in a dark time, mm. that a dark time is not how things end. The dark time is how things begin. Yeah. That the darkness is where we go to find the new birth, to mm. find the new radiance. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the biggest things I've pulled from your teachings about Christmas is that Jesus came forth from the womb, and the womb is a place of darkness, and something right. new was born. Yeah. Right. So Christmas, you said, is 13-day feast. Yes. Uh, so for me, growing up, many of our listeners... Christmas Day came and went, and it was over. <laughs> so there's another 12 days after that. So talk to me more about that. Like, where did that come from? What, what's it mean? Celts, the great Celts. Um, the Celts celebrated the winter solstice for 13 days. Mm. And so we came along, and again, we, we you know, Didn't Christianity tell at its it. best yeah. <laughs> uses the culture uh. and adds the Christian understanding to it yeah so um now one of the things that i think is is sort of odd and i have i'm making an, an educated leap here <laughs> is how we went from christmas day followed by the 12 days of christmas i think that of course the christmas day followed by the 12 days of christmas makes 13 days hmm. but i think christianity became embarrassed by the number 13 Hmm. Uh, and I, so I think that, that we began to tell the story without changing the number of days because for the Celtic world, the number 13 relates to the goddess or the mother. Hmm. Um, 13 is the number sacred to the mother. And because the festival was about the festival of birth, obviously it had a great deal to do with their understanding of the feminine and the mother. Hmm. So uh, the only thing I can figure out is, is that Christianity decided to slightly tweak that in a little bit more comfortable way for Christians uh, and, and shift it away from the concept of the 13-day celebration in honor of the mother. Hmm. However, what we do is we look at this great 13-day festival and we find a Christian counterpart to each day that the Celts are celebrating. So the second day of the winter solstice festival was called the, for the Celts was the day that men and boys went out uh, to kill a wren, a W-R-E-N, that small bird, the wren. And a couple of things to remember about this bird in the Celtic lore. Uh, the, the, a wren is very fertile. A wren produces many, many, many 
little birds. Hmm. And also a bird, a B-I-R-D in the Celtic world, refers to the male part, the phallus. Hmm. And so on this day, the 26th of December, remember that in the ancient calendar, December the 25th was the winter solstice. So the second day of the festival is December the 26th. We said, well, as Christians, we want no part of having people go out and killing a bird. Mm. But we do understand that men and boys need to have a connection to the metaphor of spilling their blood for love. Mm. That spilling one's blood or giving one's blood or giving of oneself for love is part of the mystery of birth. Mm. And women have this biologically in their body, but men and boys need to be taught this. So as Christians, we said, well, now we have another story that's very much the same as this story of killing the wren. And it's the story of Stephen, the first martyr, Mm. who literally gave his life for love. And so we made this second day of the Christmas festival, the Feast of Stephen. Mm. And what was the spiritual practice of this day? Because it wasn't just the Feast of Stephen, but on this day, and if you know the, the, the Christmas carol of Good King Wenceslas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> went out on the Feast of Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, because on this day, men and boys went around and collected food and money and clothing for the poor and the shut-ins and those who were ill. And so we, we transitioned from this idea of men and boys on this day going out to kill a bird and pour its blood into the earth so that the earth would regenerate. And we changed it into men and boys giving the sweat of their work to help those with less live until the springtime. Mm. So it's this beautiful uh, way of taking the Celtic ritual and taking it from an outer reality to an inner reality and to a spiritual practice. Mm. Is that also called Boxing Day? It's called Boxing Day. And boxing can you guess day. why it's called Boxing Day? Because you're boxing things up and you're bringing it, right? Exactly. When yeah. I was growing up as a little <laughs> kid, my dad loved to watch the fight, the Friday night <laughs> fights on television, right? right? And I kept thinking, well, Boxing Day, we should all sit around and watch and watch boxing. watch the fight, yeah, right, right. But no, you're exactly right that it's boxing is boxing, uh, food and clothing and mm. things that uh, the poor and the shut-ins need and taking it to them. Yeah. So then, every day of the of the Celtic feast, then Christianity came along and didn't tell them to abandon those different days, but kept the, the box, I guess, and filled it with different meaning. Would that be the right way to say it? Exactly. I mean, mm. the, the next day, the 27th, yeah. um, for the Celts, they celebrated the ecstasy of motherhood and the ecstasy of birth. They celebrated that oftentimes a, a woman after, not during the, birth process, but soon after giving birth almost has a euphoria, Mm. that there's a euphoria in the birth moment. 
And we took that and we said, oh, we also know the euphoria of new birth. And we see that in the Gospel of John, mm. which is that great text in Christendom, which, which brings us to the fullness that Jesus the Christ has always been and therefore will always be. And because Jesus the Christ is already everywhere, that we are truly brother and sister to each other. Mm. And that and the, the euphoria that we feel as we come to this larger and larger and larger understanding that every human, no matter where you are, and literally no matter what you believe, every human is born from the same source. Mm. So we took this 27th of December and the celebration of ecstasy and also the Celts were celebrating the grape. Uh, and how the grape becomes wine. And we made this the feast day of St. John the Evangelist mm. and celebrated the, 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 the euphoria that we can feel through his phenomenal text. Mm. The next day, which is actually this day, December the 28th. Yep, the day that we're going to drop this episode, yep. Right. Um, for the Celts, they celebrated childhood and they also celebrated the warrior who protects the child. Mm. And, I, and I love this sense of how uh, those who surround a child must stand as a guardian of the child. Mm. Uh, warrior here is not so much a, a, a necessarily a physical warrior, but it is that sense of, of the, the type of warriorhood that parents need or whoever is around the child needs to guard and protect the child. Mm. Well, Christianity told this same story in sort of a, uh, an opposite way for this is the day in the Christmas cycle that we tell the story of King Herod sending his soldiers to Bethlehem mm. and to, and the killing of all the, the baby boys under two years of age. Mm. And so we see here um, the message of how what we need to do to protect the child, but we see it in a, in a very graphic account. Mm. But to remember that this fourth day of Christmas is about the celebration of the child mm. and how that child in its innocence and in its playfulness and in its beauty needs those of us around it to offer the appropriate safeguards and protection. Mm. How about the 29th? Let's just keep going. <laughs> so uh, from, from this point, mm -hmm. uh, we, have a, a, we have a lots of cultural variation mm. uh, in that uh, the, the the Celtic cycle continues, and one of the things that really was challenging me as I was trying to write this book is that um, we don't have the universal stories from Christianity mm. that that um, that match the Celtic cycle because various countries are going to do various saints sure. for these feast days. But let, let's talk about. The, the Celtic uh, cycle for the, the, the fifth day of Christmas, it's in celebration of the fool. Mm. And I love this because what the fool does 
is the fool plays with reversals. Mm. Uh, the fool plays with up and down and left and right. And this, this is a day, I mean, it, it might be a day to celebrate the sacred clown. Mm. Um, it's, it's the day that in, in the Celtic world, they would do something called the boy bishop, where uh, a, a child, a boy child from the village would become the, the, the head of the village for a day or the head of the, uh, the church for a day. Mm. And uh, the, the people would have to uh, uh, enjoy sort of the foolishness of this, of this young person, mm. foolishness in a, in a, in a wise way. Mm. So this is the day for us to, to, to play with, with um, childlike wonder. Mm. Whereas, the, whereas the day before is the necessary protection of those of us that surround the child. This day is to celebrate being much more childlike ourselves. Mm. It's almost and, like uh, putting the child in, reversing the roles of the, the parent and the child, I guess, something like that, like almost giving the child the, like the seat of honor. Well, it, it is, and to remember, I mean, we grow up, but there's still... Uh, our, our most vital part of our lives is to touch that childlike nature. Yeah. That, that unreflective joy, that ability to, to mm. play in some ways without a lot of uh, rules and, and, and uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm struggling with, but we, we get so caught up in our thoughts that we can't just be with in the way that a child can just be with. So maybe almost like tapping into that childlike wonder that we cover up by the adult world, all of our yes. tasks and all of our things we have to do. Yeah, I read something the other day that said children, it's Jordan's three, and they said like children laugh on like 500 times a day, which is probably true with her. And she's laughs yeah. at everything, whereas adults laugh maybe 10. Yeah. So maybe 29th oh. is like tapping into that, like you said, that wonder, that joy that often gets covered up by all the worries of life. Hmm. Right. And, and, and the humor. Yeah. So let's and fast forward a little bit to okay. a thing called Epiphany. All right. That's January 6th, am I right? It is. Okay. And so now that's, that's, is, a, that's a relatively new term for me because I, I heard about it growing up, but I didn't have no idea what it was. So take us there. So uh, Epiphany... Uh, is the 13th day of the festival. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, that's happened, and let me just go back a little bit to mm -hmm. Christmas Day itself. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Day today is now separated from the winter solstice by three days because we had to change the calendar because the old calendar was 362 days and we realized that we were really way far off from the from the sun cycle and the growing cycle. And so mm -hmm. in the 16th century, we added three days to make a 365 day calendar, which then meant that the winter solstice was no longer going to be December the 25th. It was going to go back to December the 22nd or 21st. Mm. All right. So how, how was Christianity going to resolve this difference between solstice and Christmas day? And what we realized is, Solstice means sun stand still. Mm. And for three days at the solstice, summer and winter to the naked eye, you can't see any difference 
in either the growth of the sun or the lessening of the sun. Mm. But on the third day, so third day past the winter solstice, the naked eye can perceive that light is growing again. Mm. So Christianity went, perfect <laughs> third day jesus yep <laughs> tomb three days yep. jesus was in the tomb three days and then rose yeah and on the third day past the night of the winter solstice which is now the morning which is now christmas morning the naked eye can see light grow again therefore how perfect that christmas would be that moment when we actually can physically perceive lights regaining strength hmm. all right so for the 13 days of the Celtic calendar from the solstice, they are watching the strengthening of light. Mm. They're watching it grow. They're watching the lengthening of the shadows on the standing stones. And then on the 13th day, because it's 13 days, is sacred to the goddess, mm. they really celebrate on this day that what was two weeks ago, just the merest sense of light's growth, now on the 13th day, we know, we celebrate, we can feel in our bodies, we can see in nature how light has returned. Mm. And so Christianity goes, ah, we give it this Greek name, epiphany, which means radiance made manifest. And so on this 13th day of the Christmas cycle and having participated in all these great stories and the spiritual practices of how we participate in helping radiance grow in our world, we come to the 13th day and we celebrate um, this feast with three different stories. Now, we know one of the stories and we have forgotten the other two. I mean, and what I mean by that is that Christianity has largely made this day, this 13th day, the story of the Magi coming uh, to visit uh, and adore Christ and bring mm. gifts. Yep. The three and kings, right? What they call the it. King, the three yeah. kings. Yep. Well, I mean, just look at what's in that story about, of the three kings travel from the east, the three mm -hmm. kings travel from the place of the rising sun, the three kings travel at night to bring gifts to the new radiance that has been born in the depth of night, etc. Mm. All right. The the challenge is, is that we have made this story of the three kings so strong that we tend to think this is the day it happened on the calendar rather than remember that the that the magi are telling us a story about what happens when light increases in us hmm. and one of those stories is is that when we participate in the increase in radiance in our world miraculous gifts show up in our life when we are hmm. truly on the path Gifts show up for us that we could never have expected or imagined. Mm. They, they come by surprise unannounced. Mm. Um, that is an experience, that's, a, 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 that's an experience of epiphany somewhere in our lives. It's not necessarily going to happen on the 6th of January. Mm. 
but that we know that when we are doing spiritual practice and we are right on the beam, that doors will open where otherwise they were closed. Yeah. All right. But we've got two hmm. more gospel stories throughout Christian history that have been used for this feast. And the second story that's been used, used for this feast is Jesus coming up out of the waters of the Jordan in what we call uh, Jesus's baptism. And what I also like to remind everybody is that baptism was a Jewish term in those days. We're not talking about Christian baptism. We're talking about the Jewish ritual of a mikvah bath. Mm. Jesus came up out of the Jordan in the Jewish ritual of a mikvah bath. And if you read any of the three gospel stories of this account, you will hear about the heavens opening. And what that meant to the Jewish people in those times is when the heavens opened, they were expecting the flood and everything was going to be washed away again. Mm. But we understand that when the heavens open, that Jesus the Christ is leading us on a new path of radiance. Mm. And so this great gospel story of Jesus's mikvah bath coming up out of the waters of the Jordan, which is coming up out of the waters of chaos, mm. um, is not a moment where things end. It's a moment where things begin again. Epiphany, mm. radiance mm. made manifest. Mm. And the third gospel uh, for the Feast of Epiphany throughout Christian history has been the wedding at Cana. Uh, remember that in uh, John's Gospel, there is no story of Jesus going down in, into the Jordan uh, to, to be baptized, uh, to receive a mikvah bath. But in John, we have the story of the wedding at Cana, which is the wedding of us mm. in the sense that uh, uh, at this wedding, there are stone vessels. And John has already told us earlier in his account that stone represents the incorruptible substance, that all the washing vessels in the great temple in Jerusalem were made of stone because they never had, because stone doesn't take any, on any contamination. Mm -hmm. And those vessels never had to be purified. And so John has already told us before the wedding at Cana that each one of us is stoned, meaning each one of us is made of the incorruptible substance of God and nothing you ever do can separate you from that reality. Mm. You can forget it. You can cover it over. You can run away from it. That's fine. You've got free will. But the truth is you are made of the incorruptible substance of God. Mm. All you have to do is wake up to that reality again and again and again. All right. So this wedding, because John's gospel is the story of new communion and, and greater community. Hmm. So this wedding has these stone vessels and these stone vessels are in two sizes. There's a larger vessel and a smaller vessel. Uh, and uh, what I have figured out after a long time of working on this is, is that those, the sizes of the vessels relate to the weight of a man or a woman in first century Judaism. Hmm. And then this story tells us there are six vessels 
which refers back to what happened on the sixth day of creation, when the text tells us that, and God created us in, our, in, in their image, mm. and God created us male and female. And so we had this wedding of quote-unquote man and woman in the metaphor of six. Hmm. And in Judaism, this image of the sixth day of creation and the joining of man and woman is found in the Star of David that's on the Israeli flag. Hmm. The Star of David is the interlocking triangle which is pointed up and the triangle that is pointed down. Mm. Uh, to form the six-parted star. And so what we have here, without going to biology, this is not about biology. This is about how opposites are joined together to form greater harmony, to mm. form greater community, to form greater communion. Mm. So this, this wedding where the water of substance becomes the element of abundance and joy, and to always remember that the Christian life is not simply about subsistence. It's about our subsistence ultimately becoming joy and ecstasy. And that this is the human family, that John's text, which is written to all the world's people, not to dissolve their differences, but to gather those differences like a diadem the beautiful reflection of all of our colors. And so therefore we have this wedding story, which is about the wedding of all the opposites within us and amongst us brought together in new harmony. And when that happens, radiance is made manifest yeah. and becomes the third great gospel text of epiphany. Wow, man. Alison, do you bring so much so much fresh perspective to all of this. Uh, wow. I have so many notes in front of me. I just stopped writing. <laughs> I'm really stuck. My heart got, yeah. my heart got not stuck, but my heart is glued to that second story that you mentioned um, on Epiphany, which is Jesus coming up out of the, the Jordan. And something specific that you said is about how the water represented chaos. And so coming out of the chaos into new life. And I, I can't help but wonder, January 6th, obviously there's a new year, 2021. And 2020 has been a year of chaos. And I know, I know a lot of our listeners, people who have lost family to COVID, people who's lost their jobs because of the pandemic, people who are just experiencing a mass amount of chaos. And I think just the, the beauty of maybe being able to pause on epiphany and to dwell on that story of new, new life coming out of the chaos in 2021. And like you said, not necessarily going to happen on January 6th, obviously, but perhaps maybe even using that time just to meditate or right. dwell on or hope uh, for whatever might be coming Next, we, we do not celebrate these feasts to make the reality happen on that day. We celebrate these feasts so that we can remember mm. that this is going on in our lives and that in due time it will happen for us in the same way. Yeah. And, and what we've forgotten, Glenn, is we've forgotten that for Judaism of the first century, 
flowing water is the place of the demonic Hmm. because they were enslaved in Egypt by flowing water. And they feared that flowing water meant that the vault under the earth was cracked. And Hmm. if they go down into flowing water, they were going to slip through some hole out into shale. And so when John the Baptist invites people to go down into the Jordan River, as opposed to what everybody else is doing is in a stone bat back in the synagogue or the temple, Mm. this is like a huge statement of faith to be willing to go down into this water, potentially facing going out into Sheol and to live through that moment. And that it is exactly Jesus the Christ going down into that water of our deepest anxiety and coming back up out of it and saying, by this greater presence, you can live through this moment to new reality. And I got to tell you, I am so tired of 2020. And I am deeply praying that, that the reality of living through this moment to some new greater place yeah. Uh, I I hold this story in its truth with great hope. Mm. I think too about the story of the the three kings, which was the first, the one that you said kind of has commandeered all the other ones for for Epiphany. But I think that like when you when you when you think about that, like you said that the, the gifts that come when you're on the right spiritual path. I think that was the the way that you said it, if I'm yeah. mis- not mistaken. But I think when you said that, like that makes me think too, like maybe even pausing on that day to look back over your life at the gifts that have come, maybe at moments you didn't realize that they were necessarily gifts, but Monday morning quarterback, it's easier to look back over your life and see maybe ways that gifts came in your life that you might've missed in the moment. Um, I was thinking when you were talking, and this is just my brain making things practical, so so bear with me, but I don't tell the story very often, but I guess it was maybe five, maybe five years ago. We were living in New Jersey, Dana and I, my wife, and uh, we was before Jordan was born. And there were so many things like up in the air that we were questioning what we were supposed to be doing with our lives and where we were going to be moving and living and all this different stuff. When are we going to have kids and all the different questions. And I remember I was outside gardening and I was pulling weeds. And I was literally like Alexander, like on the verge of tears because there were just so many things that were just on my weighing on my heart. And I remember I prayed and I said, God, like money's tight. Like we're living barely paycheck to paycheck. Everything just seems like it's a mess. Like if you could just give me a sign, <laughs> something that like I'm headed in the right direction. I, I, this is what I said. I said, even if it's $50 for gas for next week, that would just be amazing. And I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying, Alexander. I turned around and there was a $50 bill in the grass. And like in the moment I was like, I don't know if it's coincident. I, I didn't know what to think, but now I look back over that and I feel like it's, I feel like God's spirits whispering, you're on the right track. Like that was my gift to you. Yeah. There are those moments. And it, we have to remember that for Mary and, and Joseph at this moment in Matthew, uh, they're about to be shunned totally by their family. They're about to be thrown out, shamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this magi showing up, the the enormous impact of that in the face that their family was disowning them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes 
And it, it's not every time, but when we truly are listening to God's spirit and we know that we have to do something when everybody else tells us that it's either folly or against God, mm. but there's something in this that says, no, you've got to step out. Yeah. And I guarantee you, when you do that, the miracles start happening. Yeah. And I guess to, to bring it all home, the title of this series is Good News for All People. And this truly yeah. is good news for all people, right? Amen. Because every per, as John says, every person on the planet knows love. Yeah. And if you know love, you know Jesus the Christ. Mm. Mm. And it's much more important that you, pre- that you practice love than the particular name of God on your lip. So yes, this story is for all people. All people everywhere. This, this is the story of Christmas where we stand in the, in the wonder and the awe of the birth of love. Amen. Well, Alexander, we are just about out of time. I could talk to you. I could listen to you all day. I can listen to you all day long. If I could just hand you the microphone and say, just talk, Alexander. <laughs> just, just talk. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Glenn. Well, it's, it's an honor to chat with you, and uh, we'll do this again real soon. Uh, I guess even though it's, it's I, October that we're talking right now, I will say Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Well, I want to say Merry Christmas to everyone and to you and to Dana. And truly, a happy new year. Thank you. You as well. And I will do this again soon. All right. Thanks, brother. Love you, bud. Bye. Please help me. I need your guidance, Lord. Come on and get me, Lord. A real one coming to your throne. Gotta believe that I'm of your own. Conversation, revelation from the maker of man. Falling to my knees, praying to God, bless me with my one and my needs. Know that he got my back and no choice but to proceed. Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free. Free. Falling to my knees, praying to God, bless me with my one and my needs. Know that he got my back and no choice but to proceed. Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free. Look, sometimes it doesn't hurt to be selfish. No, I got a big heart, I like to be helpful. Some people take it for granted, it goes for all levels. No, I might sound crazy, it can be dreadful. Got a clip, you think you got the keys. On the voyage, always searching, I feel at the knees. Nothing but to go above and I can go beneath. I've been through the highs and lows of things you can't believe. So many folk are independent, you know that's a given. Cause they've been hurt so many times, that's just part of living. God reminds us on the daily, it's already written. Can't believe she ate the fruit and we know that's forbidden. That's forbidden. It's been a minute since I felt so amazing. Lost starting in the space where stars are gazing. Maybe I see heaven while the sun all blazing. Instead, I go and hit the dreams that I'm still chasing. Yeah. Father, please help me. I need your guidance, Lord. Come on and get me, Lord. A real one coming to your throne. Gotta believe that I'm of your own. Conversation, revelation from the maker of man. Falling to my knees, praying to God, bless me with my one and my needs. Know that he got my back and no choice but to proceed. Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free. Free. 
falling to my knees Praying to God, bless me with my want and my needs Know that he got my back, ain't no choice but to receive Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free Yeah when I die, you're the first I'm trying to see. Never got to say goodbye, cause I'm still in disbelief. Only seen you in my dreams, always blocked by all the beams. Maybe it's a sign I can take it to extreme. Yeah. My decisions were the base of what we talked about. Always poured to me, make sure I never had a doubt. You weren't the perfect person, but nobody is. You always dreamed to have a house of wife, some little kids. You were the king of in the making. Always about your paper, never sure it wasn't breaking. Forever I'm inspired. Your hustle ambition, so I'm in mind. In the same place, close to my heart, your desire. End of the day, I just want to see your face. You to tell me that you're proud of me, I always find a way. I know that you're around me when the wind starts to sway. A car new in the trees, I just need you here to stay, yeah. Father, please help me. I need your guidance, Lord. Come on and get me, Lord. A real one coming to your throne. Gotta believe that I'm of your own. Conversation, revelation. Falling to my knees, praying to God, bless me with my one and my needs. Know that he got my back and the choice but to receive. Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free. Free. Falling to my knees, praying to God, bless me with my one and my needs. Know that he got my back and the choice but to receive. Only thing that I ask is that you do set me free.